Welcome to Smart Route, the podcast by Call Tracking Metrics, where you'll hear stories from businesses at the intersection of marketing, customer experience, and sales. We're sitting down with business leaders and industry experts to dive deep into the path they took to find success. Here's your host, Courtney Tyson. Hello, and welcome to Smart Route. This is our 11th episode. Thank you for listening in. I'm your host, Courtney Tyson, Strategic Partnership Manager here at Call Tracking Metrics. Today, we'll be discussing how to crush SaaS customer onboarding. Um, onboarding in SaaS is crucial to customer adoption and the overall stickiness of the client relationship with the vendor as well. And so to help us learn more about how to properly manage customer onboarding, we've invited Naomi Aiken, Manager of Customer Success at Churn Zero, to share her expertise. Thank you for being here, Naomi. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. It's so great to meet you, and we're looking forward to learning from you today. Awesome. Let's do it. So for our listeners who are unfamiliar, Churn Zero is a real-time customer success platform that helps subscription businesses fight customer churn. Fight churn is their motto, right? Um, Naomi joined Churn Zero in 2018 after more than a decade in SaaS and the higher education space. And so now she manages the customer success team at the company. Um, so let's dive in. Um, Naomi, can you start off by telling us a little bit more about your background and how you came to Churn Zero? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in SaaS in a variety of customer-facing roles for going on 14 years now. Um, I've done implementation, professional services and consulting, account management, customer success, you name it, I've done it. Um, I really have a passion for working with customers, sharing expertise, seeing them be successful, and uh, very excited to talk more about that today. Great. So I guess let's start, too, with learning a little bit more about Turn Zero. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about Turn Zero, what it does, what problems you guys help to solve? Absolutely. Turn Zero is a customer success platform. So we are built to help SaaS companies manage their accounts, so manage your customers, increase product adoption, increase customer engagement, and ultimately, bottom line, retain those customers and expand those accounts. To nurture those relationships, make sure they're happy, and stay with you. That's right. That's great. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about um, training. I think we're all familiar with what training means, right? But could you explain a little bit more about how training and onboarding are so different, especially in the SaaS space? Yes, definitely. Think about onboarding as the entire picture the overall journey that your customer is going to go through and you are going to guide them through. I always find that training is a part of the onboarding and it actually takes many forms throughout the onboarding. In a typical simplified onboarding for a SaaS company, there's usually some aspect of um, admin training and then later on an aspect of end user training. Um, so we do see training take multiple forms throughout an onboarding. Okay, that makes sense. So it's the entire picture. It's, you know, training is a big part of it, but it's more so getting them hands-on in the platform, being able to kind of take the reins themselves. Definitely. And so what's your opinion around a typical time frame for onboarding new customers? I feel like in SaaS, Everyone likes to say 90 days. It's the magic number for some reason. But honestly, it depends on the endpoint of your onboarding. And this is up to you as a company to set. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have to declare an endpoint, uh, whether you like it or not. And then we have to measure against that. Many companies say, well, you know, the onboarding never really ends. We're always training. We're always adding new features and helping our customers get to that. Great. But the initial onboarding has to have a defined endpoint. From there, you move into adoption, to nurturing, to increasing product adoption. Um, but you have to put an endpoint to that initial onboarding, measure against it, keep it up to date, and figure out how long does it actually take your customers in your business with your product to fully onboard. Okay. So they say 90 is the magic number, but really there's a magic number for every company because every company is different. Their customers are different. So it's about really understanding that endpoint and then being able to measure the onboarding from there. I'll <clears throat> add one more thing there. Um, a company might have um, multiple magic numbers when it comes to the typical time frame <laughs> for onboarding. Mm -hmm. Perhaps you're selling multiple product lines. Um, perhaps you have different onboarding timelines and expectations for smaller customers versus larger customers. It's okay to have multiple targets, but again, we have to define it. We have to define the endpoint and then truly measure against it. Okay. That's really great advice. Um, and it's interesting to think about looking at your customers in different buckets too. And so maybe, you know, you have different sets of onboarding for different types of customers. That's interesting. Um, so, you know, SaaS providers clearly understand the value of onboarding new customers. Um, but it's surprising how many customers still try to self-onboard themselves on a new technology. Why do you think professional onboarding is the best way to go? And how do you communicate how important professional onboarding is to clients so that they engage with your company's onboarding? So for some SaaS companies and, and their given product in the marketplace, it might be simple enough to allow for your customers to self-deploy. If that is truly the, the case, great, do it, let them do it. Um, this is often the case with simpler tools, plug and play tools. Uh, um, perhaps they don't have um, integration requirements and implementation needs, and that's perfectly fine. But I will say uh, more and more SaaS products in the market, um, Churn Zero being one of them, um, also just in, in my general experience in my um, SaaS roles at various companies, it does require integration work, consulting work, um, and a certain level of interaction with your assigned CSM or implementation specialist or someone at the company to really and truly think through and achieve the onboarding and the configurations to allow for that ROI, which is what everyone wants. That's a shared goal between the customer and the company is to get that customer to ROI so that ultimately this becomes a solid customer in your customer base that you retain, that you expand, um, and that you can see success with. I do feel that if your company is truly investing in a tool that is going to impact your business, it's going to have a price tag. And along with the price tag of just that tool might come a price tag of professional onboarding. Um, sometimes this means that you have to put up some extra cash, you know, but 
if you want to see results, if you want ROI, if you want it done right, and if this is meant to impact your business, do it right. Invest in the onboarding in the same way that you've invested in the tool itself. I think that's such a great point. And that's that's actually a great way for even sales teams to talk about paid onboarding to to their customers. You know, if you're investing in this tool and it's going to have an impact at, at your organization, then you know you need to, you need to invest in it as well and invest in your knowledge in that tool. And that's what onboarding is all about. So I, I love that statement, Amy. Thank you. Um, let's talk a little about a little bit more about onboarding processes. You know, automation versus personalization. I think a lot of onboarding processes nowadays use both. Um, you know, there's like the walk automated walkthroughs, but then there's also the onboarding their customer success managers that help customers. Um, we were wondering, you know, how do you strike a balance between them? And, and you know, how, how do you make automated parts of onboarding more personalized? Yeah, and this is a really fun art form um, that I certainly enjoy. Um, not just in my current role, but at other roles. And what I often find is wording is important. Phrasing is important. If your messaging going out to your customer that, let's say, is automated, is generic, it's stale, it'll feel robotic, right? Your customer's going to know this is just automated. Um, what I encourage my team to do is use common phrasing, use humor, make it feel natural, make it feel real. And even though some of these messages are automated, they can still have that aspect of personalization. Um, additionally, I think a really, really important part about automated messaging is making sure that the recipient knows how to get in touch with an actual human, right? Um, do they actually have a designated CSM? Do they Should they go to a support resource or other type of community discussion board, something? Where should they go if they need help? That also adds that aspect of personalization and something a bit more real um, that you can offer in an automated message to allow that customer to feel really taken care of. Yeah, and I, I think it makes sense, right, to offer automated versus kind of like the personalized onboarding as well, because I think we all like to do things differently. Um, we all like to consume things differently, right? So like the automated process, and we all learn differently. So the automated process might work better for one person and the personalized process might work better for another. So that's good for our listeners to keep in mind as well. Um, so you talked a little bit earlier about, you know, what, you need to focus on after an onboarding, after an onboarding a client has been completed. Um, let's talk about that a little bit more. So what are some ways you can keep a customer engaged after they've completed onboarding? My biggest tip here is tell them how they're doing. So what I always remind the CSMs on my team is we see the forest from the trees. The customer only knows their onboarding and then their launch and their usage of the product, we are looking at it um, from a much higher view. We're working with different customers using our tool in different ways, seeing different types of successes, letting your customer know, hey, I work with a lot of customers and you're doing a great job. You are on track for success. That goes a long way. Um, and sometimes your customer doesn't know to 
ask that of you. Hey, how am I doing? Right? They, they, they might not say that, um, but you can proactively tell them. Additionally, there's the flip side of, hey, I'm working with a lot of customers right now. I'm worried you're missing the mark. You know, I'm noticing in your usage, we're not doing X, Y, and Z. I want to help get you there. Let's talk about this. It's all, it's all about being honest with the customer, right? And transparent with them through the process in order to ensure they have a good experience and they're successful at the end of it. Absolutely. Yep. Right. Um, so we talked to a little bit about offering kind of like that complimentary onboarding and also the possibility of investing in, in paid onboarding, which I think a lot of SaaS companies offer either or, right, or, or both. Um, how do you know it's time for a customer to go up to the next level of onboarding, you know, for example, to the pay level? And how do you handle that conversation? One of the most important things is don't blindside your customer with a surprise new cost. Um, you know, I think some of this messaging needs to start in the pre-sales process um, that, you know, we offer paid onboarding, you know, and explaining the value and the benefit of that. Now, whether or not the customer signs up for that, fine. But at least we gave them that opportunity. We explained it. Now, let's say here I am, the CSM, working with the customer who has not signed up for that paid onboarding, but I know they could benefit from it. The moment you get that inkling that they need more guidance, they need more help, and that they're going to need to pay for that, start talking about it. I think if you keep that kind of quietly to yourself, and then all of a sudden um, start bringing up uh, the potential of additional costs that might feel jarring and unnatural and um, not so good to the customer. So be extremely upfront about it. Be honest. Become that trusted resource with them. Um, and along with that, just making sure they understand the value here. So going back to something I said earlier about this company has invested in a tool that hopefully is going to impact their business. This is then an additional investment on that to make sure the tool is as successful as possible. Sure. And I think the, the theme here, right, in, in talking about onboarding and what you've learned and how to be successful throughout your career in onboarding is all about being honest and transparent with your customers and letting them know that you are invested in their success and you're here to help them in any way. Um, and I think that's, that, that's a big thing here is, you know, we're all human, right? We all just, you know, want to achieve our goals and have success professionally. And if you're investing in a tool that's going to have an impact, then you want to make sure you're getting the most out of that investment because in the end it's going to benefit both parties involved. So to wrap things up, just one last question for today about your top tips. And again, I said, I think there were definitely some themes here as, as we chatted today. Um, but if you can identify, I guess, three things, Naomi, um, that our listeners need to know and practice when onboarding customers, you know, what, what are those three things? Okay, let's see. To no surprise, <laughs> I think my first thing is be as transparent as possible with your customer. Lay it all on the line no surprises. Here's what to expect. Here's how it's going. Here's how it went. And now what we do next. After that, I'd say also take a look internally at your company. Take a step back, 
evaluate your processes, and do this a couple times a year. Don't let your onboarding get stale because realistically, especially in the SaaS world, onboarding is evolving as your product is evolving, as your customer base is evolving, and things happen really quickly these days. So invest in that internally at your company um, to not let onboarding get stale. And with that, uh, another item that I would say, one of my top three is don't skimp on your onboarding hires. So just as you might be asking your customer to invest in onboarding, perhaps to a paid level, you also as a company need to invest in onboarding with the proper hires, whether those are implementation people, CSMs, however that happens at your company, so that you can onboard your customers appropriately. We all know uh, from data and also just from personal experience that if that onboarding goes well and you set that customer up for success, you're setting your company up for long-term success and long-term relationships um, that are worth it. That's great. Thank you, Naomi. So to recap, in order to crush onboarding, SaaS companies should remember to be honest, be transparent. Don't surprise your customers. Let them know what options you have available at the onset of that relationship. Um, there is no perfect onboarding plan for any two companies, right? It's important to look internally at, at your plan and develop it based on your customers' experiences and their adoption of the product. Evaluate your onboarding regularly as your product evolves. Um, and don't skimp on onboarding hires, like you had just mentioned too. You know, invest in those 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 hires um, because in the end, it's just going to help you develop those strong, sticky relationships with your customers. You got it. You got it right. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again, Naomi, for being with us and sharing your expertise. Um, before we conclude, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Yeah, actually. So as customer success as an industry continues to grow, here at Turn Zero, we are all about helping customer success professionals around the country, around the world, connect with each other, learn more about each other, and just advance our networks and our processes. We actually do these in-person customer success meetups, we call them RIGS. So it's R-Y-G, red, yellow, green, which correlates really nicely to a feature in our tool called Churn Scores. We do these RIG events, customer success meetups in states all over the country. We have a packed schedule for 2022. Um, so you will absolutely be able to find a RIG customer success meetup in your city. Head to churnzero.net to find the schedule. Great. Sounds fun. Thank you, Naomi. And thanks to our listeners for listening in as well. We appreciate your support. Keep in touch with us on Twitter at SmartRoutePod. Um, also, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can be the first to know when our next episode drops. Um, during our next, next episode, we'll be speaking with John Horn of Stub Group about how professionals like you can grow your business with profitable PPC advertising. Thanks again. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Smart Route Podcast. Share your favorite takeaways with us on Twitter at SmartRoutePod. SmartRoute is brought to you by Call Tracking Metrics, and you can find more at calltrackingmetrics.com forward slash podcast. Follow along for ideas and conversations that will inspire your own business path forward. Speaking of smart paths, are your marketing, sales, and service teams on the same page? 
In today's remote world, it's easy to get disconnected. Call Tracking Metrics can help. We empower smart marketing teams to determine the best route for campaigns by showing exactly which ad campaigns are driving conversations that convert. Operational teams can use that data to automate call flows and power contact center success. Visit calltrackingmetrics.com to see why more than 100,000 customers around the globe trust Call Tracking Metrics to manage communications for their marketing, sales, and service teams.